And why the hell are you dressed like me anyway? I ain't paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm playing Michael Myers. If them kids come around and see us dressed up in the same shit, you're gonna ruin the whole effect. Boogie man, boogie man, boogie man, boogie man. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am Cyborg, as always, joined by Temp, and we are reviewing Halloween Resurrection this time, the eighth entry in the franchise, and there's only two more beyond the one that is releasing the new one, 2018. So, let's just jump right in. Halloween Resurrection is a direct follow-up to Halloween H2O, which we reviewed last time, and if you haven't reviewed, or if you haven't gone and tuned in to the previous reviews that we've done, We've reviewed the entire series up until this point, so definitely go check those out and enjoy, and you'll see what we rated each film as we've gone along. So Halloween Resurrection, the one with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Indeed. That's, that's pretty much how it's pretty much how it's known. So I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one, honestly. Uh, about half the notes that I usually do. And uh, yeah, so we're this one's gonna be pretty loose, much like Halloween 6 was in Halloween H2O to a degree, so we'll kind of bounce around a lot. Not a whole lot of points I specifically want to point out. Just a discussion on the film, for the most part, is probably how this is going to go down. Um, but uh, yeah, so starting off, we get an explanation why Laurie Strode is actually locked up. And it's been three years since Halloween H2O, and she's locked up into a mental institution or an insane asylum, whatever and yeah it turns out the explanation as we alluded to in the last one where she cut the head off seemingly of michael myers after driving the van with him in the body bag and he got trapped up against a tree she goes he's reaching out to her and he's reaching for his mask like surprised that he's wearing it she cuts his head off with an axe and that's where we leave off with h2o so in this one they explain it that well it actually wasn't michael myers it was a it was a uh like a paramedic and he michael switched with him broke his larynx and so that's why he couldn't talk like the guy inside the guy that he switched with couldn't talk and yeah that that's that's supposed to explain why he's reaching out his mask and reaching out to her and so on and so forth but yeah, so Michael got away. He did the old switcheroo. Thoughts on that uh, twist? They show the footage and flashback um, in the beginning of Resurrection. The kind of contrast compare. And to me, I mean, there's there's no like interview confirmation of this, but it seems fairly obvious that it was clearly meant to be not Michael. I, even with without knowing that they were going to make Halloween buster rhymes it's very obvious that was not michael in retrospect which which sucks for jamie lee curtis because she very much wanted that to be the final conclusion right and it was very obvious in the script they had no intention of that why else would he touch his mask does michael myers not know he has a mask on There's, the only reasonable explanation is that it was never michael even halloween 8 aside and within the within the context of halloween 7 it's it's very clearly not michael myers which really really hurts that movie that takes a lot of a lot of merit out of halloween h2o 20 years later so that's um i 
I mean, to be honest, if we're if we're looking at the beginning in a vacuum, it was good. Jamie Lee Curtis was good. Um, the handing over the knife to the mental patient was clever. Um, Michael well, was okay. Hold on. Let's back up a little bit here. So yeah, sure. how this goes down is Jamie Lee Curtis is kept into this asylum or institution because she essentially murdered a man with a family that was innocent. And yeah, so she's held up here. She's not taking her pills. They think she's just docile. She hasn't spoken in three years, but she's always staring out the window, waiting for Michael, presumably. And she ends up seeing Michael, but she's not sure if it's actually him or not. Anyways, Michael breaks in and or sneaks in, whatever, and kills two of the police officers. I do think it's a little odd that when one of them gets killed and the other one's searching and he goes up and finds the other one's head in there, like his body was literally right next to the guy. <laughs> like, how did he not? I, I mean, I know we've had moments in the series where their their peripheral vision is awful. Like their awareness he of what's around them. No, I know. He the <laughs> there was there's nothing. Like he was literally like his the guy's like legs were less than a foot away from him. I don't know. It's just and it wasn't like this dark area either. It was, it was lit. So fam. Plus, but, how did uh, Michael find the time to put all that, to cut off his head and put it in the wash? All at the fucking, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll give the timing a pass. It's just like, come on, you're you're really insulting the intelligence when the guy, <laughs> he's tripping over the body that's right next to him that whole time as if he didn't, yeah, I don't know. The entire room sick. would have smelled like copper and almonds. It would have been very oh, obvious gosh. there was a lot of blood going on in that room. I yeah. don't. So anyways, and we did see Michael do the where he lowers himself by one hand from the pipes above, like we saw in H two O. So I thought that was a neat, you know. That was nice. I agree. So anytime I, I yeah. see something like out of the norm with Michael, I like it a lot. Oh, almost always, not always, but almost always. I just like when they repeatedly do things with him. I like, I like when they build a character trait and they follow up with it in later films. To me. That's what I look for in a character. When you have iconic things that the character is known for and then they continually do it, those are establishing character traits and mannerisms of this character. That's kind of been my complaint over some of the other versions of Michael that walk really slow or carry a knife a certain... You know, it's it's that kind of stuff that bothers me most about the character um, or just the way he's shot or the filming, and I'll get into that later on how this film is basically shows itself or shows michael and presents him but anyways yeah. um continuing along so introduced a little earlier from that was a guy that is obsessed with serial killers he knows all the facts about him he pretends like he's them something like that he's obsessed with them and he was uh he was out but then they they put him back in so that's who they thought this was but it ended up being michael so he kills both the officers then he's coming for Lori. He goes to Lori's bed and he's about to, you know, stab it, which was another kind of fun little callback to Halloween 2 when he goes to stab the bed and she's not actually in there. Um, so he's about to stab the bed and Lori hits him. So she was completely prepared for him. And then Michael gives chase as Lori's going up to the roof. And she seemingly has a trap because she has her, she like puts her like a hospital uniform kind of hanging on the edge of the 
the building there to make it look like she jumped or she's hanging off or something. So Michael goes to look and then she presses a button on a, a trap, basically like the old rope trap where she hangs him upside down by his foot. And so this is where she's going to get her revenge. And I like this part, but then it gets really silly once again, because as you mentioned before, they clearly, you said, why would he reach for his mask? Well, he does that in this one too. So that's the part that kind of stuck out to me of if that's the logic of they didn't plan for that to be Michael in the last one because he's reaching for his mask. Well, he does it again here. He's yeah. like, as he's hanging upside down and Michael didn't know what the paramedic did. He didn't know how that guy operated. So it's not like he knew. It's not like he was purposely doing this to, I don't know. I don't know the logic here because he didn't know what the guy did in that specific moment. Um, um well, I don't know about that because what probably happened is after she cut that poor dude's head off, she probably gave a statement, and I think police reports are public record. I think, or if not, I mean he he's he's he breaks into file cabinets like all the time. He's so sure. good at it. Um, so I think um, like if she gave her statement, then it's plausible that Maybe. he may have known about that. But I don't know. You're right. I mean, I'm speculating here. I, I have no. Either, yeah, I mean, either way, it's silly for Lori to do what she does next. I get it. I get what they're reasoning for. She's She's been traumatized. She killed an innocent person, and she wants to be absolutely sure. So while she has him dead to rights, hanging upside down from this, this rope trap on the roof of this building, she and Michael's dropped his knife already. So he's, you know, reaching for his mask and then kind of just dangling there. She grabs the knife. She's going to finish him off, but she like she was going to go cut the cord, basically dropping him from the roof to kill him. And uh, she hesitates. She needs to know for sure because she's having flashbacks, PTSD, essentially. She doesn't want to make the same mistake twice. But it's like, logic-wise, he was coming to kill you. You saw him at a knife at your bedside to kill you like this was not a a moment where somebody just came out of a bot a body bag in your i don't know it's just for me i get what they were going they're doing they're trying to set up this but it makes her look a little dumb i guess like a fool like he was clearly michael there like that that should not have been in question what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's for the plot. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like it. I I think she gave a good performance, but yeah, um, sure, sure, absolutely. And the the Lori scenes are complete are a complete total departure from the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Nothing else in this movie is like this. Um, and like, I did some research on it too, and it, she wasn't happy with it either. But what's up? Yeah, I think she, from my understanding, I think she only did this movie just to be done with it, like. I think she wanted done, to be done with the franchise. She probably didn't like the whole direction of what they were taking anyways. They clearly were trying to make this, you know, milking it once again. The whole idea of H2O was to wipe the slate clean, so to speak, and finish it out right um, to give, you know, a more faithful sequel to the Lori story and give resolution there than Halloween 2 did and then the subsequent sequels. 
but by going the resurrection route, you completely once again just shit the bed. <laughs> like it just undoes what you just did. Yeah, and there's no God. We're, we're heading into our next reset, which I'm for. I'm not against the new reset. It just it's a shame this has to happen at all. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel bad because it, what they did to Jamie, they now did to Lori. It's like they do they just hate their protagonist. I don't get it. I think I they know. Do that. I think they know better now. Talking about the new movie, and we're, we're obviously gonna keep that to a minimum for now, but. I think they know better now what they're doing. Um, but you do raise a good point that even if the new movie's great, that it lent it it is at least worth being concerned that even if it's great, are the sequels to that gonna be great? You know, like H2O was a decent, you know, follow-up to like to kind of reset, like you said, but then when you immediately shit the bed with a sequel to H2O because you want to keep continuing the story, you want more money, etc. And then you immediately drop in quality or you take this type of direction and shoot yourself in the foot once again. I would hope they're not going to do that with the the new one. Like, if you make the new one good, you better only make a sequel to that if you have just an absolute fantastic idea, which this was clearly not that. (laughs) I don't think this was meant to be a fantastic idea. I think this was... Clearly, we want more money, you know. And it worked. This movie was a financial success, unfortunately. I can believe it. I mean, horror fans, or just fans in general, like, these iconic franchises are for... They they are what they are for a reason, because they have diehard fans that will continually go out and see it, and that's for better or worse. I mean, I don't want to see... If I really love a series, I don't want it to end, but I also don't want it to just continually get worse and worse either. So there's definitely a fine line there, but, you know, we are a faithful, loyal bunch to the characters that we enjoy. Um, Anyway, so Lori has to be sure, so she goes up to basically pull his mask off. Michael takes this opportunity to grab her, they tumble over the side of the building. They're hanging down from the side of the building. And this in, in this moment, he stabs Lori in the back. And this is her dying breath, so to speak. She gives him a kiss, says, I'll see you in hell. And then she drops from the building and is dead. So, yeah, Lori is dead. Thoughts on that? And the way it was presented. Oh. I'm glad because if if the movie was just Laurie Strode walking through a reality TV show, that would have been really tough for me to watch. So I think given the rest of the movie and given the creative talent behind it, I I would rather her have not have been in the movie at all. But if it's got to happen, I'm glad her performance was good. I'm glad she took it seriously when she didn't have to. I think she tried to break contract like weeks before filming she tried really hard to get out of this so i feel really bad for her and that's all i'm going to think about when i watch it but she did a good job and that's that's all you can really say about it it also gives you a shining light i guess if anything of the new one not to go back to it too much here but if she liked the it she's obviously jaded at this point when she gets to this movie and like you said she tried to get out because she did not like what was happening she for her to come back same with john carpenter 
those are two people that didn't want anything to do with the series anymore for the script to win them over that's that's telling as it is so that's that's pretty promising for that and it also it's nice if it really does give her you know resolution to the franchise it's best to go out on a high note so i, I do hope yeah i was going to say that i think that's actually a bigger part i think the first part is true i think i don't think she would have done it if she didn't like the talent behind the, the script right but i think a bigger part is she didn't want the end of the legacy to be halloween resurrection <laughs> yeah. it was a way to undo history so exactly. yes i think they're both true but i think the latter is definitely more true than the other right um, my personal thoughts on this, I did not like the way this was done. I, uh, it's kind of like Jamie, obviously Jamie's exit to the series or her writing off of her character was, you know, 10 times worse than this and more vile and just disgusting. But I just, this just felt so like an afterthought. Like it was like, oh, we got to get this out of the way in the first, you know, six minutes of the film and then we can move on to the film we wanted to make which is far inferior but even this just the way it was handled it makes her character look a bit silly and foolish and yeah i mean laurie is the type of character we want to win like it's not often in these big franchises that you really 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 feel connected to a character or that you want to see them truly succeed and rise up that's it's always great when that happens especially if they can keep that going through multiple films but Lori's somebody that you want to see a happy ending same with jamie it's like you want them to move on with their life and live their life and you know go on beyond this tragedy like to have her ultimately killed by michael after all of this time to me just feels underwhelming. I don't know. I just didn't I didn't care for it. I didn't care the way it was set up. I didn't like I just didn't like the way they portrayed her character here. She just didn't seem intelligent like I I expect. So, especially after H2O where she was so on the offensive, I guess she and she was here as well, but she was clearly not mentally there, I guess. You know, she had the trauma and the... But I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I just was not a fan of it. I feel extra bad for Jamie, uh, the character, not the not, not Danielle Harris. Um, because, like, at least Jamie Lee Curtis has enough weight in the industry to be like, no, if you're going to put my character in this shitty movie, you're going to do it right. Poor Daniel Harris didn't have any pull. Like, imagine if, like, they make Halloween Resurrection and, like, they just tell Jamie Lee Curtis to walk off. They, like, recast her with, like, Jane Lynch. And right. she gets, like, killed in her sleep. Jane like, Lynch. that would just be the worst. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. That would have been so bad. Jamie got recasted, rewritten as an incest victim, and then got killed in, like, 15 minutes of total screen time. It was so bad what they did to Jamie. At least Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, at least she has enough like weight to leave an impact and not sure. get bullied by the producers. So yeah, she was clearly treated with more respect than Danielle Harris as Jamie was, as we talked about in the Halloween six review, how she essentially got pretty well screwed over in that whole ordeal, spending money getting emancipated all to play a character that she didn't end up getting to finish out. And 
be on top of that her character was just pretty well just yeah horrible direction but yeah so i agree with you i agree with that anyways continuing on with the movie here so we get uh as michael's leaving as you said before he passes by the guy that's the psychopath obsessed with serial killers knows all about him he recognizes michael myers he starts spouting off you know his past and his record etc he hands the knife to the psychopath to essentially frame i would imagine to frame him basically yeah, to that's what i got as well pass off the blame to him so it's less belief like nobody's gonna think michael's still out there and i do have one issue with that in that we do know there's cameras in this facility we don't ever see Michael destroy said cameras, so that might contradict that. A bit. <laughs> I mean, it could be possible that he does it anyways, but it seemed pretty hands the knife off and I'm out of here type of thing. But uh, I mean, that's a minor nitpick. I'm not gonna crap on the movie. He was writing a scene where it shows Michael walking out of the hospital with a giant <laughs> box of tapes. Yeah. He has all these tapes in the box. I'm just saying. Puts them in his trunk, yeah. He was in, he was, we we know for sure he showed up in camera shots down yeah. when he was in the tunnels and whatnot. So clearly he's he's there and unless the, the unless he took off the rest of his costume and gave it to the psychopath, like, <laughs> they're clearly no, gonna know somebody else was there, but Regardless, like I said, that's just a minor thing I noted. You could have said, but if the security guard who was monitoring the the, uh, the cameras was killed, he, in theory, could have messed with the yeah, footage. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Regardless, very minor. Like I said, it's not going to... doesn't really detract from the film. we got plenty of other stuff to go on with that. Um, so this is where my notes really... like. I've already gone through about half of my notes. <laughs> we're we're yeah. only in the first like eight minutes of the movie. So... I don't have a whole lot left for the rest of it other than a few little minor things. The next thing I he have here, well, we get introduced to Buster Rhymes. He's a TV reality danger vision or whatever host. So they are setting up a found footage reality TV show kind of feel. Not really found footage, but reality TV show where they're bringing in all these people to explore the uh, Michael Myers or the Myers house. And they essentially set up all of this stuff for them to be spooked. And that's kind of the plot of the film or the setup of the film. But as we know, Michael's really alive. So they are all going to have to deal with that as they go along. Um, one note I have here is that man, Busta Rhymes has just a ginormous mouth. <laughs> like look at this picture <laughs> that is oh man that yeah. is from the movie and that was that's like when you first see him and i was like man that is a mouth on that guy that takes up like half his head it's like jim carrey from the mask almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean not like trying to tear the guy down or anything he's 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 good but uh he's like the best part of the movie like if, if they're if like they had just like recast him as like a generic ass like set director god this movie would have been so much worse like when he's on screen at least i was having fun once he left sc the screen i was just like oh man. yeah i mean i agree to an extent there are certain scenes i do like him in but there's also a lot of scenes where i'm like oh gosh like he's not he's not helping the matters in in a lot of the scenes because just man the thing i noted most about this entire film 
save for that intro, is just... It is just filled with characters that are not interesting at all. I don't remember any of their names other than Deckard, who's the kid, you know, watching from the party that's going on, that's watching the uh, reality TV show on his computer, and he's trying to help out one of the, you know, like the final girl by giving her, sending her messages. Um, other than that, I don't remember their other names. Like, I, I, I seriously do not remember their names. You have... The final girl who screams and breaks glass with her scream. You have the oh geez, you got the you got the the rookie of the year kid with the from the movie the baseball movie where he like breaks his arm I and he can he looked familiar. He can pitch really like, fast. <laughs> yeah, that's all I recognize okay. him from. He's from. That man that was bothering me the whole movie. I'm like who is that guy yeah i just remember that yeah he plays i don't even remember this is the cleveland indians or something i i might be something thinking major like league daniel stern the movie it's great yeah so there's that guy um there's the guy that smells like the spices and he's like oh the fennel sound which by the way like i at the moment i'm like why would michael like why would there be fresh fennel in the house like is michael seriously like making lasagnas <laughs> because i was like this doesn't make any sense to me like that <laughs> we've talked about michael in like funny positions being like a cult member's lackey or just go floating down the river with a life vest on underneath his coveralls but like him, like just, just creating a lasagna, you know, cooking it up. But it's like, I don't know, like that's hard. it's hard not to picture him at a Kroger's. Is like, look at the spices. Yeah. He picks one out, sniffs it, and then shakes yeah. it back. Yeah, he like he cocks his head to like try and <laughs> he waves his hand a bit. He's still doing his uh, Michael Myers mannerisms as he's picking these things out. So I was just like, that's odd. Um, yeah, and fennel's that seed that I really don't like that I told you about one time. Like, just a very oh, yeah, strong the flavor. Seed. I yeah. forgot about that. But uh, yeah, so he notices the fennel like smells fresh because he expected it to smell like 40 years old or whatever. And uh, yeah, so... And then later it's revealed that, you know, a lot of stuff has been planted by Busta Rhymes and the Danger Television people to essentially set up stuff. So I could understand, you know, that doesn't really make sense why it would be fresh. Like, why would they plant that specifically? But maybe, I, I don't know, it still doesn't make sense to me. Why is there fresh <laughs> fennel in this house? So maybe it was there to, like, scare him or something, like, to make him question things. But even then, it's just, it's silly. It's just really silly. And I like to think Michael Myers is making lasagnas. So That'd be cool. He has a sophisticated palate. That'd be fun. I'm assuming the meat in the lasagna is from rats, because we do see later that he's been eating rats. So that's fun, I guess. Hey, no dogs were hurt in this movie, so that's always cool. No, that's true, yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been a couple of movies since we've... He's he's let he's laid off the dogs until since uh, Halloween five, so that's good. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that, like I said, super just not a whole lot to point out here. Um, characters just aren't interesting. Like I said, I I was trying to remember the other ones. So there was that guy, and then there was blonde haired girl. Um, then there was redheaded girl that shows the boobs and has like the oh, minor sex scene. That um, girl got on my nerves. Like she's not even that like she's not a bad actress, but um they were clearly trying to 
right up the snotty liberal arts major and just god there's a scene where where the 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 douchebag guy although he kind of redeemed himself a little bit throughout the movie but he starts out as a complete douchebag um he's like say something smart and she goes existence precedes essence and i'm just like because like that's that's my degree i have a bachelor's in philosophy and that's like the most like douchey, snotty, like postmodern shit thing you could have possibly said. First of all, it's false, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just like, oh god. And because most people don't learn philosophy from a philosophy teacher, they learn it from their English teachers. So that was like the most poster boy, like shitty philosophy thing they could have possibly said. So that that was like a knife in my balls. Um, other, other than that, she was whatever. Um, the, it's kind of weird. The douchebag who like you're supposed to really not like, like, because he's like a secret sex fiend. He's super right. creepy. He's constantly in our. He actually ended up being like the rational, sound mind in the group at the end of the movie, and I was really surprised by that. <laughs> um, well, the the two main characters who you think are going to be like your your, your brigade, who's going to kind of like follow the final girl to the very end. They just get stoned and die. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the, the fennel guy, and the yeah. yeah, the blonde girl. So uh, yeah, so, oh yes, continue. I was just saying, I was, I was just trying to run through them all. There's the guy that gets his head crushed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of anything that stands out to mention here. They all, I mean, it's not really a surprise. They all get killed off one by one, essentially, and other than the final girl. And so as we go along, they start to get a little bit more in, like they're trying to figure out what's going on, like try to solve the mysteries They come across all sorts of things. They think like there's a bunch of dead bodies stored in the wall, but then they realize there's a made in Taiwan sticker on one of it, which I thought was kind of funny. And yeah. And then we have probably the best scene of the movie. My favorite personal scene as we see michael or who we think is michael start walking and he's like walking slowly trying to be hidden and he's walking through one of the hallways or whatever and then all of a sudden we see michael walk behind him so we see two michaels and then all of a sudden we realize okay one's busta rhymes he turns around he's like what the hell are you doing and then <laughs> so busta rhymes starts basically berating and talking down michael even like pushes him in the forehead he's like you know get it together <laughs> and he's just michael's just taking this entire thing not doing anything so buster rhymes is telling him you know go with tyra banks or whatever and i think that's who that was tyra banks and yes go he's like she's in here you're supposed to be with her i like he just said he like totally gets her killed by the way like i don't know if you caught on to that but no he's, i saw the body later yeah yeah he's like She's in here. You're supposed to be with her. I even left the back door unlocked for you. <laughs> like he tells him <laughs> everything. And then, the, yeah, later we find out she was indeed killed because Michael does listen to what he says completely and then just leaves, presumably to go kill her. So I thought that was kind of funny. That was the only, uh, that was really, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, it's just Busta Rhymes just going crazy in a Michael outfit. And his mask definitely looked like cheaper than michael's mass i thought was kind of funny so but yeah um i don't i guess we can run through the rest of here so they all get killed off one by one 
and the people at the party that are watching they all think it's just a joke that or they think it's acting you know they think it's all fake of course but then they start to get a little scared later on towards the end when it's just a couple people left now and Deckard's trying to help her out by telling her where Michael was at and she escapes out the window and then goes into another room so there's kind of this is where the movie was all right when it's just her left and she's trying to get away from Michael I thought that's when it was somewhat like not great not good but at this point I was like okay I, I like some of the little things they're doing here um but it also leads to one of my bigger issues with the film that I'll get to. But uh, finishing out basically what happens here. So Deckard helps her out throughout most of this, kind of navigating her through the house to stay away from Michael. And Buster Rhymes comes back at the end because she goes to where Tyra Banks is at after Buster Rhymes essentially looks like he gets killed by Michael, but he shows up in the final act there in the climax to help her out. And then he actually... He essentially saves her. So Buster Rhymes is the savior here because he fights Michael off of her while she's essentially just chilling on the sideline. And he electrocutes Michael. Whole thing catches on fire. End movie. We think Michael's dead. She wants to be sure. She looks at the mask. Everything looks dead. So then, yeah, he goes to the morgue. And then, surprise, he's not dead. He opens his eyes. But... I don't know exactly how they're going to follow this one up. Well, we do, but, you know. Anyways, so, which is no nothing at all. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the movie. I mean, like I said, there's not a whole lot else to... I mean, we can point out a little tidbits, I'm sure. But uh, my, I'll get into my first kind of issue with the film, other than just the fact that it was boring and that it was... Like, there's Jason X fun. Jason X has a lot of fun moments. I don't feel like that's this movie. I feel like this is the... It was First of all, it's so odd seeing Michael Myers interact with Busta Rhymes. It's just like a such a different character. It's just really odd. But, um, yeah, I just... Uh, my biggest issue with the film is... And I've mentioned this in previous movies. But, man, the the suspense and the like the way they shoot things with michael are just i don't know who's making these films like who's shooting them and who's calling the the shots and the and how they set up these shots what director it was but to me it's just they don't know how to make michael a suspenseful suspenseful character they don't i've said several times you know have him in the background without telling us he's there have them have us wonder you know when when is he gonna pop up next and have your eyes always looking around every time you see a scene look around to see if michael's there have the characters in a room for 20 seconds and you realize it takes you several seconds till you realize oh michael's been in the corner the entire time or he fades in type of thing out of focus into focus like to me that's how you do the character right and this is just the complete opposite so many times they just they focus on Michael like as he's moving around the house. Oh, here he is walking through this doorway. Here he is walking through this hallway. Here he is doing this. Here he is doing that. And it's like, no, keep the focus on the characters as uninteresting as they are. Keep the focus on them. And then when they're searching around a closet, oh, Michael happened to be in that closet or he's in the corner watching them rummage through the closet. Like that's how you 
do it and they just don't do that like there is no suspense in this movie there's so many times where they show you where michael's at this should be this should be him popping up out of nowhere or just him watching and just have that creepy factor and they just don't i don't know it frustrates me i've mentioned it several times now it bothers me it's just missing all of the classic shots that i associate with michael oh yeah and one other thought on michael is i don't know why but it was earlier on in the film with the Lori stuff but like when he after he slashes at her bed and she knocks him out real quick and then runs away when he's going up to the rooftop man does his hair like his hair on that mask is poofed out like crazy looked <laughs> really silly but anyways go ahead thoughts um, on any of that or just take it in a different direction whatever you got this movie was rough gosh this was a this was another really difficult one um this is the most difficult one i would say like i just six as much as they really like bothered me with some of the directions they took this one doesn't bother me with the direction they took this one just bothers me because it's it's boring it's just the characters are the least interesting in any of the films so far, I think. I just... Uh, it, I mean, it feels very much like what it is, which is a, a trashy parody movie to capitalize on whatever was left on, upon the Halloween franchise. And that's what it feels like when you're watching it. Which, I, to be honest with you, I may have been a little forgiving of if they did it like Jason X. I really like Jason X. That's actually one of my favorite friends. Sure. Um, but yeah, just, uh, it's not funny and it, it takes itself way too seriously until it doesn't. And then when it doesn't, it just spills out of nowhere. And even then it's, it, it's not enough to save the movie. It's actually very little, like the parts of the mo this movie that feel like parody are like less than like five minutes of footage. It's, it's a very small amount. For the most part, this movie is about a bunch of co poor college students, uh, trying to participate in this mystery game, which is like this life, it, it's not interesting. And there's other little things that bothered me, like that, that blonde actress uh, who played the, the best friend. I hate when they do this in the movies. They purposely write a character who is annoying. They write the character to be grating and they do it to make the main character look more interesting, look more together and more likable. Well, also, what you're doing is, well, yes, go I was on. just going to say real quick, I also think they do that because at this point in the franchise, you're almost rooting for Michael with a lot of this. So they, they intentionally put in a character that you want to see die. It's one of those you clap in the theater type of moments because finally the douchey character or the annoying character got it. But go it's continue. It's such a shame, too, because I, what happens is, is these people get perceived as bad actors. And it's for me, it's really unfair because if they don't act shitty enough, the director says cut and is like, no, be sluttier, be dumber, be more annoying because you're going to die. And we need the audience to, to like you said, to cheer for that. And we need the final girl to look like a badass. So I just, oh, that poor woman, she probably isn't that bad of an actor, but they wrote her to be annoying for whatever reason. I hate that. And I've never, I never saw this girl ever again, at least that I know of. Um, I don't even think Buster Rhymes got a movie after this. I don't. I don't think he ever uh, did anything really Hollywood related after this that I know of. But um, Buster Rhymes was okay. I I actually do like the final girl. I mean, there's really nothing to say about her. Um, but I I did appreciate the fact that she didn't want to do it, and she's like the only. 
I mean, maybe it's just, it's victory by relativity. She's the most interesting person of the cast, which is Buster Rhymes and a bunch of other generic right. people. But she didn't have yeah, competition. Just, she won by default. She won because she showed up. But yeah, no, yeah. I agree that she wasn't bad. She, I is she, does she even compare to Jamie or Lori? Absolutely no. not. Like not even remotely in their level or in their same ballpark or league. But she wasn't, yeah, she was easily the least offensive character in there or just the least uninteresting character in there so um yeah i didn't well, mind notice she's not even in most of the scenes like when they show the the first half of the movie this is just exploring the house she's not even in most of those scenes most of the right. time she's by herself like reading she doesn't really inter- even interact with the rest of the cast much after they go into the myers house so i just um yeah she was okay for what she did her best i i do give her props for that um Buster Rhymes was funny, and to feel anything while watching this movie is such a bonus. So, I mean, it's Buster Rhymes. It's not his fault that the movie's shitty. Like, they offered him a movie role, and he took it. Like, I can't fault him for that. So, he did what he could for uh, for his experience. And um, I give him, like, I'm, I'm, I'll give you my, my movie score later, obviously, but I give Buster Rhymes an A. Like, for <laughs> someone who hasn't done movies before, know, he was charismatic. He felt sincere. He never felt unnatural in front of the camera. So props for that. And I had fun. Like, he was doing stupid shit. Like, uh, so yeah, I, I, I liked him, but I don't the rest know, of the man. movie was just dull and just colorless and boring and not enjoyable or, or offensive. Like, like what they did to Lori or that stupid fucking existence precedes essence line. Just stuff like that just really stabbed into my chest. But that's really all I got to say about it. I, I was... So glad when this movie was on. I, 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 I found him more annoying probably than you did. Like the karate noises, as silly as that is, and I, I can understand why that's funny, but maybe to me that's just a step too far. Like, I get that this is supposed to just be more of a fun movie, but it's not. They don't capture that, and if anything, he sticks out like a sore thumb because I get that they were going for a. Uh, a more comedic type of approach with some of this or to be a parody of itself. But I feel like they fail with that with pretty much the rest of the film. So to have Buster Rhymes be the only character that's going to that length to be silly, that's when it's just like, he seems like the biggest standout in this film in a, in a, like a, this this one does not this one is not like the others type of way like he just doesn't like don't get me wrong like i said i like the dual michael scene i thought that was great i like when he shows up and like pulls the main girl like he grabs her real quick and he's like we got to get the fuck out of here when he realizes that everybody's actually dying and that michael's alive um, and then he explains you know i had no idea i like that he's apologizing and explaining that he had no idea that this is a thing um and I even like at the end when he, you know, his his lines, the trick or treat motherfucker and uh, shit like that. I, 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 I thought that was good. It's just the, I don't know, like the karate stuff was over the top when he's in the early film or early part of the film when he's getting everybody together. I thought he was really obnoxious. Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. It was 50 50 with him, in my opinion, whereas all the other characters were just meh. So it's like he wins by default once again in the sense of, yeah, he had 
probably the most enjoyable parts of the film, but he also, to me, had some of the most grating stuff, like, obnoxious-wise. But, uh, yeah. I just feel like my response to that is if you take out the karate kicks, all you have all you have left is Matt. And I would just well, turn the movie off at the end, just feeling hollow and empty and soulless. But at least the kicks made me feel something. This movie is so droll. It is so hard to watch. So Maybe. okay, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but I disagree. I, I think I at least I felt something watching that, and that's so important to a movie, good right. or bad. Yeah, I think we got we're on the same wavelength, and we we have an agreement there. But yeah, I think we uh, you're more. He's kind of like at least giving you something to yeah, like something entertaining wise. Whereas to me, it's like you've already bored me to death and now you're just it's almost like salt on the wounds when you just make a character that obnoxious it's i get the the entertainment factor but then it's like you're further taking this in the direction i don't want this to go down i don't want this to become slapstick you know let's do crane kicks on michael (laughs) i really like there is a place for that don't get me wrong but it's like this came from H2O. Like, we didn't need to go down this direction. <laughs> we didn't need to go this way. But I understand you're, you're, you're more like, we're here now, so at least let's try and make the best out of it in this, uh, I don't know. I think just... what happened is the movie screened really poorly. Big surprise. And everyone's like, you're fucking Halloween reality TV movie. It's dumb and boring. And they're like, okay, well, they already think it's dumb and boring. We might as well just own it, and then they reshot Karate Kid. That's what I'm guessing happened. That's my assumption, at least. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, another problem I have with him is he just has no respect for Ben Tramer, and you know, I can't like any character <laughs> that dresses up as Michael and thinks that that's like a good idea. So. That's true. No, very disrespectful. I mean, I think that should drop his score down to a B plus at the least. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Just... I would have given him like an S plus if he got hit by a car and caught on fire. Like that would have been. <laughs> no, if any, like if a car drove into the Michaels or into the Myers house, in the basement yeah, at any point, like it just busts through the wall, carries one of the kids into like another car somehow. Like it carries him out of the whatever. He crashes into a brick wall and then catches on fire and explodes. And then that same police officer in his older state, 40 years later, <laughs> stumbles out of the car and he says he jumps out of, he came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, that to me would have definitely been one of those moments where I'm like, like... This is the end of the movie, so it would have been like the second floor. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> to me, that is so random that I could have got on board with that. Like, yes, I don't... I would have laughed very hard. Like, that to me, I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, I, I got it. Like, to me, that would have made it better, but... I don't know, the karate stuff. But regardless. Also, a lot of Loomis sneak-ups in this movie. From just in the beginning, like, everyone's doing the Loomis sneak. Yeah. So, like, hey, oh, you scared me. Like, why? Okay. <laughs> so, that, that, that was in the movie, but... I um, think that's all I got. I don't yeah, think no, I, I don't... We can move on to final, final like, opinions here and in, in scoring. But, yeah, I don't have anything else. I went through all my notes, and talked about everything there was to talk about um yeah it's just uh 
can't think of anything else worth noting. We covered the Lori stuff, which was granted the thing that deserved the most time there, and uh, Busta Rhymes and the other characters that were just kind of meh. So, yeah. I think, uh, I think that's that. So, anyways. I Well, I guess one more thing is it's odd that they decided to show breast in this one after they haven't in h2o or in um because i don't think halloween six had him either i could be wrong but or halloween five or four i don't know no i don't think i think two was the last one with tit or maybe three yeah yeah three was the last one so it's like not that i'm complaining don't get me wrong it's just odd i guess it's they they're almost going to it's like now they really have to rely on the uh the smut not like they're they're really just they're they're at the bottom of the barrel now and whereas those things in a better film are a good thing in my opinion but in in this film it's like now you can tell they're getting just desperate again so i don't, I don't even remember know what this, was in this movie was it the redhead it was the redhead when they're downstairs okay. fooling around right before all the like fake bodies fall out of the wall i remember the top coming off but i don't remember a tit shot yeah you get a couple know. they're they're brief but she puts her shirt back on you see them there and you see like a couple brief glances really quickly but yeah it was minor but still i just thought it was interesting to note i guess yeah um, and i mean it, it says a lot about the movie anyways uh, moving on to final scores though uh <clears throat> i can go first this time and uh yeah i mean we we covered it i think out of all the films i've enjoyed it the least that i've watched so far like all the other ones have redeeming qualities be it the characters the way the story's told furthering the story in some fashion which this definitely did not do other than Lori's death which i actually did not like uh, how it was done and just in general like i said there's not it, in all of the films there's at least some characters that i i enjoy or you get more character moments that i can latch on to there's none of that here and uh yeah so i am going with my first f grade for once f plus so that's where i'm at i agree that's that's how i feel i i give it an f plus as well all right. I think a lot of people are going to wonder is like, why did he give this a better review than Halloween too? And my answer to that is just, despite how bad and boring the film is, it actually does have a better plot structure than Halloween too. And it's, it doesn't make me happy to say that. I take no joy in saying that. But Halloween too is so disjointed. Like it changes, it just changes perspectives over and over again. And so you never really know what's going to happen in the next scene. So you're bored with the expectation that you're going to stay bored because you have no idea what's going to happen. You go from Loomis to the nurses to Lori to the nurses to Loomis. It's just, oh, God, two well, is so hard. It's such a mess. I, I'd like to. I, I believe I gave it a C-plus or something like that. But um, I think it should be stated here, just in final thoughts here, you sure. do grade things in a way that most people don't. And that's not a bad thing. I don't say that as a bad thing, but just to explain to people why you could give Halloween to a an F or whatever, and then you give this an F plus, insinuating that it's just slightly higher. It's not that you think that I don't, 
I guess my understanding of what I've noticed is, and what we talked about before, just when we weren't recording, is that the way I see it is Halloween 2 had a lot more potential to be great than this did. Like, Halloween 2 had a lot more potential, and it did not live up to that potential, so you're obviously going to grade it much harsher, whereas when you have something that was clearly a cash grab, it was crap, it was, you know, a very weak premise to begin with, weak characters, everything... You don't have Loomis. You don't have... I mean, you really don't have Lori here beyond that uh, one part. Um, and just the continuation of that night. And you don't have John Carpenter attached. You don't have any of that. You don't have the great score. When you when you take all of that away, this one just didn't have nearly the same potential. So you're grading this a little bit softer because it wasn't as much of a disappointment for you. So... I can yes get and that. No. I can get that. There's a little bit of that, but I, I honestly think two was harder to watch as well. I feel like the way, because I'm super ADD, right? So when they constantly change characters and settings like every five minutes, it was just, it was just a nightmare. It was just a very difficult movie for me to watch. So this movie, because it was coherent, I was able to follow it better. And I mean, I didn't hate some of the characters. I mean, other than Loomis and Laurie and kind of the sheriff, you know, there's just, I didn't really like anybody in Halloween 2. And the characters I do, like, even Loomis, who I do like, I don't really like how they handled Loomis in 2. So, and I can't actually remember what (laughs) I said that, but Loomis is just, like, fucking, like, crazy in 2. He's just off his rocker in that movie. Like, waving guns at trick-or-treaters and shit. But that's why uh, it's good. (laughs) I don't know. I mean... We can do a, maybe a sum up of a everything, yeah, a retrospective yeah. of the series once we've seen them all, and kind of briefly talk about. That's it. That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, that's we'll definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I just man, I would much rather watch two and that Ben Tramer scene with Crazy Loomis <laughs> flailing his gun around at at Ben Tramer as he walks across the street. I don't know. There's there's way better moments in two than I think here in. I'll take anything that John Carpenter had a hand in. Laurie is more prominent in and anything with Donald Pleasance in over this. But that that's me. Like I said, we will do a retrospective and we'll get into more conversations like that. So we'll just do that as a little teaser. But Indeed. On that note, thanks everyone for tuning in to our review discussion of Halloween Resurrection. That is all for the main series. Now we're getting into the reboot, even though technically H2O was sort of like a reboot in a way, a continuation or a retcon or whatever. And then this is a continuation of that. So now we have next the Rob Zombie, the first Halloween film by Rob Zombie, where they reboot the franchise. So stay tuned for that as we get closer and closer to the new Halloween. On that note, Take care, everybody. We will see you later. Peace. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs>